This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin, today joined by Kirk Henderson of Mav Moneyball, uh, also now of Blue Wire. You, uh-huh. are, you and I are, are Blue Wire teammates. Uh, we remain teammates after the move from Vox. Uh, congratulations on the move and on keeping your IP and all of that stuff. Did, did you see we were on Awful Announcing today? Yeah. <laughs> I like yeah. I, I just I'm in press releases. This is such nonsense. <laughs> um, tell us about the project that you're doing over there really quick before we move on. And and um, I promise there is going to be an explanation. Yeah, I know people were anticipating Pete being on here. I think I single handedly gave him a migraine, though. So mm. uh, more on that here in a bit. But but yeah, tell us about pod pod Mavericks, right? Just pod Maverick. So oh. I'm hoping I don't get sued by Mark Cuban, but back when he bought the the team a bajillion years ago, he founded one of the first actual blogs. It's called Blog Maverick. He's not <laughs> updated it in like two years, but that was where he used to basically talk to fans. Yeah, um, it was real fun. And so when we were coming up with names, you know, you, you always do something that's got to be kind of search engine optimization friendly. Yeah. Uh, and that was short enough to, you know, Pod Maverick, a, a Dallas Mavericks podcast. And that changed over from the very boringly named Mavs Moneyball podcast, but at least it, it had uh, some traction. And so we were lucky enough to get all of our stuff from SB Nation and port that right over into Blue Wire, which is great. But then at the same time, my co-host and I also decided that we would set up a YouTube channel to where we will put, you know, we've been doing live casts, which then make it to the podcast feed. And it's it's been fun. Uh, video casting is hard. I'm too old for this shit, but... Um, <laughs> It's it's uh it's been entertaining as the Mavericks season has imploded. Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about the Mavericks today. A uh, lot of talk about Kyrie. I know there are. I, I don't think there are very many anymore uh, Lakers fans who are interested in the Kyrie experience any further. Yeah, uh, I do think some of the Kyrie conversation lacks some context there as far as what kind of has gone on with the Mavericks and and maybe why everything has fallen apart the way that it has. Um, but yeah, really quickly, and, and uh, I this is why I'm telling you guys this is exactly why I never ever ever mm. say who's coming on the pod. I never do it. Uh, Pete and I were supposed to record a half hour from now. He texted me just a second ago saying, hey, 
Uh, I have a splitting he- headache. I am lying on my couch right now, moaning in agony. And I almost wanted to say sorry to him because I feel like I did that to him by jinxing him coming on the pod. Uh, so, Pete, uh, zero chance whatsoever you're listening. But if you are, I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> I apologize for giving you a migraine. Um, instead, I'm going to give Kirk a migraine with my with my Mavs takes, and and um, I'm going to start with kind of what it has looked like from my vantage point, sure, and see how far from the truth that I kind of sit, uh, and then and then I'll let you kind of tell me how wrong I am. But from where I'm sitting, it it, it has felt like the Kyrie trade was a move made to address an issue that. Uh, was, you know, made into an existence by Jalen Brunson walking in the offseason, right? They they haven't really had a secondary ball handler. And then in order to get, I think, an overqualified secondary ball handler, (laughs) uh, they they traded away a lot of their defense and athleticism. And ever since then, the defense has been basically a wreck. uh, And, and... Yeah, I think there's some accountability issues. I don't think Jason Kidd takes any real accountability for himself. I don't think Kyrie is in the, the accountabi- uh, accountability um, business either. And then I just think it kind of leaves Luca there. And he's trying, you know, he has tried, I think, to make it work. But even he doesn't really exert himself defensively in the way that you kind of need your best player to. And I think it all kind of imploded in a in a pretty fantastical way from everybody who wasn't a Mavs fan's perspective, but how far from, how far from reality would you say that my character uh, characterization of the events? Uh, do you, am I, do you think? I mean, it's pretty close. The real challenge comes down to the fact that they have one of the best offenses in NBA history, only you wouldn't know it because they have a bottom five defense And Mm -hmm. then when you pair that together with the fact that in clutch games, the Mavericks have played 53 clutch games this year. Almost every single game the Mavericks have played since Kyrie has been on the roster has been a clutch game. And the Mavericks have lost most of them. The one except the clutch game, (laughs) except that. So the, the, they beat the, so, so uh, back on March 17th, the Mavericks beat the Los Angeles Lakers, obviously one eleven to one ten on a really wild Kyrie pass to uh, Maxi Kleba, who couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And, and that was a one point win. the night before they had beaten the San Antonio Spurs, they needed overtime to get there. That broke up what would have been otherwise a nine-game losing streak. The Mm. Mavericks won, let's see here, one, two, three, four, five times in March. You know these guys, for for people that whether, you know, you don't really think about this because if you're a basketball fan, you just watch an onslaught of games. 15 to 18 games is kind of normal. So the Mavericks won just five times. I mean, they've been a train wreck. At one point in time, they were the four seed. And now they're sitting in 11th and it comes down to a lot of what you said. They traded some, they weren't even good defenders. Like Spencer Dimwitty was an awful defender. Dorian Finney Smith tried hard, but he was kind of like a tire with no tread. He's shooting Mm -hmm. like 26% for Brooklyn right now, but they traded two starters for one and they've not been able to replace the production. And a team that was already shoddily put together has only looked worse. 
Um, I would say the the biggest challenges the team has is roster construction that's been this way for a real long time. Um, my my co-host, uh, who's a much better writer and thinker than me, his name's Josh Bow, did some deep dives into the true young superstars of NBA history. So we're talking your LeBron Jameses, your mm-hmm. Michael Jordans, your Tim Duncan. Austin Reeves. Is he <laughs> soon? He's he's only in his second year. We got to give him time. But no NBA player in their fifth season that was like a guy that had made multiple All NBA teams at that point had ever missed the playoffs at twenty four. And mm. the Mavericks are in danger of doing that. They're all but mathematically eliminated. the The Thunder uh, have a a game and a half lead, maybe even a half game lead, but they also have the tiebreaker. And it's just been it's it's been a sum of all fears kind of moment because you know I was I, I really felt like getting into it with Portland people today. Oh, how's Luca going to be All NBA for a team if he shuts down these last three games? Well, I don't think they're going to shut anybody down because they're in this really difficult spot of you don't want to shut Kyrie and Luca down while you still have a chance because it looks like quitting. Yeah, but if you don't quit, you probably have to send your draft pick, which is top ten protected, to the New York Knicks. I mean, it is dark, and yeah. it got dark so fast. And and I've been a negative Nancy about this team since 2019 because I felt like Luca covered up all their problems, and they just don't. They, they got nothing. It's bad. So the the draft pick thing is interesting. I would just say like continue playing them together because I feel like they've been on a losing pace with those guys together, and it doesn't appear like you're 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 quitting, right? Um. But but also, you know, you risk those guys getting hurt and then you, you know, you throw off the offseason and all of that stuff um, and more on the offseason here in a bit, especially as it pertains to Kyrie. But like, like just in terms of the basketball, I, I, I find I find this really interesting because I do kind of think uh, like I just did for Substack. I had a conversation with um, Ethan Strauss and. He said that one thing, and it really kind of resonated. He said one thing that smart people will do is they will, you know, find kind of a result that they want, and they will retrofit everything to that result and overemphasize the things that get you to that result, but ignore kind of the other aspects of, you know, what what needs to be taken into account. And so, for example in in basketball i think it is so easy right now to put together an elite offense it, 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 we have, we've reached a point guys are go so good at getting to the free throw line guys are so good at making three pointers guys are so good at knowing which passes and which angles to take advantage of that like if you have a player of luka's caliber um and you just surround him with anywhere near enough shooting anywhere near enough, you know, kind of rim, uh, rim pressure and, and maybe a, 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 an okay secondary creator, you're going to have a great, great offense. He mm-hmm. is that good. Um, and I, I do think like you, you kind of framed it as uh, Luca, you know, kind of painting over a lot of their issues organizationally kind of reminds me of Peyton Manning in that regard where, sure. He was he was so, like Peyton Manning walked onto a football field. That was an elite offense. Like yep. that that team was going to be great offensively, and and I think Luca kind of gets organizations to fall into the same trap. We're like we're good. 
what we're doing is working, but it's, it's one thing to look at it in a vacuum that exists within the organization, but then you compare it out to the teams that you're competing against. And it turns out defense does kind of matter. Yeah. And if you're going to have an, if you're going to have Luca and you're going to have Kyrie, your two max contract type, type players, those guys aren't going to really focus defensively. Then you really have to, you know, overload on, on, you know, perimeter players who can do that kind of thing. And I just think the, the roster is really ill-equipped to handle all of that stuff. Um, do you think, do you get the sense from what you've been watching? I know uh, kid has been fighting with Mavs Twitter basically all year. I, I apologize because uh, they have provided or he has provided some of my favorite quotes from across the NBA. Some truly <laughs> insane stuff. Right. <laughs> like I'm in the midst of it and it's just like, he actually, guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, he actually ended a long answer to a quote with the sentence, nobody died. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. (laughs) That was his explain. So, so to 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 sort of build off the nobody died thing, there's an argument to be made that the Mavericks died last year in the playoffs, and I don't think that the Mavericks front office and Mark Cuban, because Cuban is still the front office, understood why they got to the Western Conference Finals. They found a yeah. seven and a half man rotation that relied on really good defense from Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, two mm-hmm. players who played seven. 100 minutes in the playoffs mm-hmm. for guys that were north of 30. Uh, and then what the Mavericks did is because Kevon Looney so thoroughly owned them and, you know, the Warriors won the championship. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's a great team. Deep. Looney so thoroughly abused them on the boards that the Mavericks didn't understand. Like, I think they lost all sense of why they won. If you go look at the the stats basically against the Jazz and against the um, Phoenix Suns, the Mavericks won by playing a math game where mm-hmm. they said our three-point shooting is going to outpace all of our problems. Right. It did right up until... That's the retrofitting that I'm talking about. That, yeah. Like, you know, they, they've, they've, they put together a math, math equation and then ignore the math equation. <laughs> so, yeah, so they let Brunson walk, which was a mistake. But even I don't think I would have paid Jalen Brunson max money. I, mm-hmm. I it's obviously he's a max player. You're looking, he's going to be like an All NBA guard this year, opportunity wise, maybe. But so you let Brunson go, and then the person that you decide to sign is not a ball handler or a wing, but 34 year old Javale McGee, <laughs> who has been nothing but a professional. So I don't mean to hate on him too bad, but he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't, it, it, he, they, they gave him a starting spot. So it's like when that sort of thing happens, it's like, and, and I did it. You can find old pods of me saying it. Like I finally kind of came around on the idea, but 
I watched McGee in Washington, D.C. 10 years ago. He was bad 15. Like, he's been in the league forever. He's yeah. not a star. Like, do you realize? Here, here's he didn't play for the Lakers in the playoffs when they went on their run. Last night against the Atlanta Hawks. We're recording this on Monday night. I think it's Monday. Against the Atlanta Hawks, he played for the first time in several games. Mm-hmm. Kid played him 23 straight minutes. Think about that. McGee never plays for more than like four minute bursts. He's he had, had asthma, asthma his whole career. <laughs> like, I wonder if he's going to end up on the injury report because it's like DNP yeah. oxygen. It's it's <laughs> it's so preposterous, and it's it only has gotten worse. Things we've been able to figure out. We have a couple of good beat reporters that ask some more pressing basketball questions, not narrative questions. And very clear is that kid as a coach quite literally doesn't know how to make in-game adjustments. Mm-hmm. Well, there, that's not fair. We, we saw him with the time, the timeout. Like we saw that was, that was an incredible adjustment <laughs> calling timeout that he didn't have by way of yeah. spilling a drink. You're right. You're right. But it, <laughs> he quite literally has sort of admitted that they don't do in-game adjustments, which is just so problematic over the long run because Teams figure out what you do game to game, even if it's if it is a grind. There's still some mm-hmm. basic sets, and it's like we were watching Luca and Tim Hardaway get back screened against the Heat, and they didn't ever make an adjustment. The right. Heat had scored 92 points in two straight games, then they scored 70 plus points and a half. Like it's yeah. it's some darkness, and you know it comes into it. You know, one name just to, to pivot a little bit that I think the Lakers fans might actually be interested in. One one name you've not heard me say at all is Kyrie Irving. Okay. Mm-hmm. Kyrie Irving is not the problem. You will hear a lot of Kyrie Irving is a problem. Him and Luca don't work together. Bullshit. Sorry, yeah. if I, I don't know if we're allowed to curse. No, him and him and Luca just all destroy adults. people on points. And that's actually, fine. I think bullshit isn't considered a cuss word anymore. I think I think we're good. Well, it, it's it, Luca. Luca and Kyrie work together on offense. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like anybody that says otherwise does. If you say they're they picking roles be, together, elite. They just don't use them enough, and there's the reason for that. Quite honestly, is because um, the, the reason for that, quite honestly, is because these these two times. Um, sorry, my wife just texted me. <laughs> Where did she go? The, the The reason that that they don't do it often enough is it brings the two best defenders together. That's part mm. of the problem. Yeah, but they've still produced, I think, almost one and a half points per possession when they've gone to them. Uh, which is which is an insane rate, and and um, I think I've seen like this the the way that I, I saw it, you know, kind of come across my timeline on Twitter the other day was essentially that you know it's producing an insane uh, amount of points per possession, but they're only really doing it in super specific scenarios, beginning of the the, the halves essentially, um, right. and and that makes it kind of difficult to really kind of rely on it. So. The Mavericks need to use it more, but they don't need to use it like every play is the yeah. thing. They need to probably run it eight to ten times a game one way or another. Where the Mavericks are running into problems is their points in the paint since trading for Kyrie Irving. They've been giving up north of 55 points a game in the paint. It's hysterical. If you just decide to take a dribble, you're going to get into the lane <laughs> and have a good shot. Like the one yeah. really good example is you know even though the Lakers ended up losing this game it was the it was the Mavericks and Lakers where Anthony Davis just went nuts yeah so you and I you and I actually spoke in that you know in advance of that game 
uh, I think I did your show as yes. as that game was about to happen, and I said that it was the kind of matchup that if AD has his head on right, that he really should play pretty well in. And and you know, lo and behold, he he did, and <clears throat> he did so in a way, or, or you know, that the Lakers scored so efficiently in the paint that it actually kept the game close, despite Dallas shooting really well from three point range, if I remember yep. correctly, in that game. Um, and, and yeah, like, but that's essentially what Mavs basketball has become. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's tough when it's tough in, in, in two regards, it's tough, obviously in terms of winning basketball games, because teams, I think it's one thing for regular season teams to recognize a weakness and keep picking at that scab over and over and over again. But when you get into the playoffs, like it's really going to get even more hypened over the course of a seven game series against a good team. Um, but then also from an entertainment standpoint, it's tough. Like when, when Westbrook was still a Laker, it was really hard to turn on a Lakers game and like have access to the script night in night out. I know how this is going to go. It's not entertaining. They're, they're probably going to lose and it's not going to be a fun viewing experience. And I think for, for, I think from again, where I'm sitting watching things take place there for, for the Mavericks, I do kind of feel like, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same script that you have access to night in, night out. And I think that makes an already frustrating stretch since March uh, began all the more frustrating because you know exactly how all of this is going to play in, play out night in, night out. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I pulled up the box score from that game. It was late February. Just to give you a reminder of the game, Anthony Davis and Jared Vanderbilt combined for 45 points and 32 rebounds <laughs> um yeah. 12 offensive between the two of them and that's just sort of what Dallas has allowed and it's it's so funny because McGee they they just talked about McGee like he was an answer and I feel bad for the guy at this point because he's played yeah. he just hasn't played and there's not you know it, it's so many of the Dallas's problems can be can be pointed back to their defense and Kyrie with with regards to him has been a trooper. He's played through a lot of pain, which I think is is of note. Uh, he's not been noted as the most durable guy. He has all sorts of freak injuries, but he's a smaller guard. He had a, like a plantar fasciitis in, uh, issue, which all you can really do through that is play through it and then hope it, it heals over time with rest. And you can't do that when you're yeah. fighting for a spot. So I've been really pleased with him. He's not said anything too nuts i mean he did this like one live stream on a road game where it's like late at night where he was complaining about sports betting a lot mm-hmm. which uh the nba uh players have lost all ability to complain about sports betting uh with the new cba so congratulations <laughs> to them um yeah but it's it's he's just been fine yeah. You know, there, there, there's an argument to be made that if, if the Mavericks try to resign him, well, or he fits sign- right in, in, in the state, like, he's yeah. just, you know, this makes a little bit more sense than him in like Brooklyn. Well, do I you want to hear my, you want to hear like my darkest, most hilarious timeline scenario. <laughs> okay. Just for yeah. like, like the most problematic team of all time. Uh-huh. So you got Mark, Mark Cuban owner, sexual uh, harassment uh, scandal plagued the organization, which he oversaw and knew about period. Yeah. Jason Kidd. Uh, um, arrested on, uh, I don't think he was convicted for uh, domestic abuse issues. Also. No, no, no. He, he was convicted. He, he might have pled. Yeah, right. Either either pled or, or no yeah, either that way. Things happened. Yeah, we, we do know for a fact. Like, I don't have to, we don't have to mm-hmm. say alleged. Yeah. <clears throat> then you got Kyrie, who has not done anything illegal, but is a, just a, a 
just a like a, a, a what do you want like a vortex rod. controversy all mm-hmm. the time. The Mavericks top ten or tenth overall draft pick right now. In the lottery, they bump up to three, where they could then select Miller. Brandon Miller, <laughs> <laughs> who, in terms of what they need. He checks boxes. <laughs> he checks all sorts of boxes. He's a killer <laughs> from the line. Um, he's really good at a lot of stuff that they need. Yeah. And so yeah. it's just, and then it's like, well, someone's like, well, what if we fired Jason Kidd and hired Ime Udoka? And I'm just like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> like, is there, are there other problematic players? And the, it's just, it's been. It's been really like that's like been my darkest timeline for a while. But you know, I'm really gonna be curious to see what Kyrie Irving is willing to do. Um, he's 31 or he will be 31 by the time he signs a new deal. And Mark Stein has made it apparent that the Mavericks are interested in the multi-year deal. But the market on Kyrie is almost impossible because yeah. who really like there's an argument to be made that if you have LeBron James on your team and you're trying to get two years. Like just two years. That's how long LeBron. We don't know how LeBron wants to play, but you take a four-year gamble for two years of LeBron being happy. Like that's that's the argument, right? Mm -hmm. I don't entirely get it with Dallas. I do get the fit, but it's like you're you're do you want to pay Kyrie Irving until twenty twenty eight? Is that a thing? With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice. Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So, I think it's kind of, not to bring up, you know, painful memories or whatever, but the Brunson thing is 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 you know worth keeping in mind to me mm. in in that like you can't it, the way that the CBA and the way that the cap is set up in the NBA you can't just lose players for nothing that's right and and, and does that mean that occasionally you have to overpay to keep some players yeah you know essentially and i think you know with with Brunson maybe it might have felt like an overpay at the time um, but clearly he was worth something close to that. I don't know. I don't know if, if it would have been the same return on investment in Dallas as they have seen in New York, because the team was designed essentially to, to, you know, make him look as good as possible. But yeah, I think losing Brunson for nothing, just like the Lakers a couple, you know, a couple years ago too, when you lose an important rotation player in Caruso for nothing, you get absolutely zero in return not just in terms of assets and stuff like that, but also in terms of cap slots, it makes it really difficult to to replace that player. It took trading for Russell Westbrook and then turning Russell Westbrook into three different contracts to you know get back some of the value that they lost in 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 just letting Caruso walk. So I think right. I, I think uh, the market league wide on Kyrie is kind of tough, and it is going to probably feel like. Dallas is bidding against themselves for him. Yep. But at the end of the day, like I think he and I would say his agent, his agent doesn't have very much experience in this front. But um, 
I would say that he and his team, I would imagine, is going to recognize like you guys don't have any very many options beyond me. So right. we kind of need each other here. And I, I do I do kind of think that a multi-year agreement there makes some sense for both parties, given how much they both need each other. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of where I am with this. And I don't hate the idea of re-signing him just because the basketball experience has been quite pleasurable. He does stuff that I have not seen. One of the things Dallas has lacked the entire time I've watched the team, so going back to like 1999, Mm -hmm. is true athleticism. The guys that I've watched that are like really superb athletes over the years include guys like Sean Marion, uh, earlier JaVale McGee, Brandon Wright. There's not been a lot of guard hyper athletes. Yeah. And the things that Kyrie can do, his side-to-side motion Insane. is amazing. His yeah. footwork from the triple threat, he's an artist. I, mm-hmm. I, I knew this, but it's also something to root for it. And, yeah. and watch it on a nightly basis. Like it's yes, one thing to see highlights every so often, but like see it night in, night out. Now he really can't do it every night. That's the thing mm-hmm. that his fans don't seem to really fully grasp that in yeah. an 82 game season, you need 70 games of guys, particularly mm-hmm. in your roster. Kyrie can probably give you 55 to 60 good games. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. It's not nothing. Is it enough for five years, 272 million or whatever it is? And the answer to that is a firm no. Yeah, uh, but that's not the math they're playing. You deal with it later. You really yeah. do. I, I because what the 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 darkest timeline for the Mavericks is actually Kyrie decides he wants to go elsewhere. The Mavericks actually fall in the lottery to eleventh, and then you're just staring out into the void because the Mavericks mm-hmm. books are ugly. They might yeah. have the worst books in the league just because of who they have to pay the next few years. They don't really have a lot of options. They, they really don't. The Mavericks have not taken, and the Lakers are probably a similar boat. The Mavericks have not taken back a draft pick in a trade, uh, first round draft pick in a trade yeah. over 20, in over 20 years. That's insane. It's <laughs> hard to do. Like you, just, yeah. like you fall ass backwards into it enough times. Seems like. Yeah. I, I, I wanted to ask about the, the Kyrie offseason thing, obviously mm-hmm. from the standpoint of like, we just talked about how both sides in Dallas seem to need each other. Um, yep. Is there any, like, is the Lakers the threat that gets? No, I up? think the I think the Suns are there. My my staff okay. is pitching around a hilarious idea of if the Suns falter, trading Chris Paul for him, kind of straight up. Um, you would probably Paul, get a pick back. You would get your first pick back in twenty hey, years. Hey, but you know something <laughs> like that. Like that's that's you know because Phoenix was really seen as a suitor for him, but I don't think Kevin Durant wants to deal with that anymore. I like don't that, think so either. Yeah, I mean, even and, and it really has been remarkable. Like the Kyrie I've seen is so much different than the Kyrie that was in Brooklyn. But I also think it has to do with the fact that Dallas is a smaller media market. There's not like five newspapers asking him questions. Yeah. And the and he just basically shut it down early, which I can't believe this worked. But he was like, I don't want to talk about what's happening in the offseason, so let's not talk about it. And everyone was kind of like, okay. Like, that wouldn't That's happen in Los Angeles. Probably not. I, I, I would say, though, that, like, I think media market plays a role in it. But I... I and and I, I know that, you know, humble pie is kind of a weighted term with, with NBA players. But no. look, man, like, you don't go he, – he framed it, you know, kind of hilariously the other night when he was like, you know, I was really hoping to ride things out in Brooklyn, but it unfortunately didn't play out that way. It's like – That was bad. That was like – Why? Uh, 
What did you why? Do? Like, what should we should we ask the why in in, right. in that regard? Like, but that, that was the worst quote he's given this year, and even that one was mostly like, "Okay, guy, you just talk too long." Yeah, it was just it was just kind of a, a eye roll moment. Like it you wasn't it, it wasn't the stuff that we saw in in Brooklyn, right? Well, that's, and he that's... loves he loves the sound of his own voice. Like he does these 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 you know Instagram live moments where he'll just talk for like fifteen well, straight minutes. It, it's like <laughs> what politicians do when they get chances to speak on like anything. He filibusters. <laughs> I feel yeah. bad for people that have to transcribe him because he will answer. Like, so tell me what you saw when coming off the flare screen in the third quarter where you were faced up against such and such. He will give an answer that's like two minutes long. Now, for basketball nerds, it's freaking awesome. But for the poor PR staff, they're like, oh, God. (laughs) Hey, the longer he riffs about flare screens in the corner, the the less he has opportunity to talk about other stuff. That's true. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing before we get you out of here, uh, let's say this season, you know, I think the Mavericks are all but mathematically eliminated. It, it, yep. If uh, it, there is talk of, of those two guys kind of getting shut down, I would be remiss if I didn't ask about this. I, obviously, the focus this offseason is going to be on Kyrie Irving, but kind of moving forward with Luca, like our, uh, what do you think would be kind of the first breadcrumb that you would see that would give you pause that would make oh. you a little nervous with 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 Luca. I've been nervous since 2019 because it's <laughs> they've done they've done everything they've done they failed up like there's been no move that really worked it's just Luca's very good at basketball like he's he has a chance of making all NBA first team for the fourth straight year it's preposterous yeah. so I think what happens in the my darkest timeline scenario they lose out on the draft pick they uh the Kyrie Irving walks I think at that point you have to have an earn now Mark Cuban's not going to do this because he's stubborn Mm -hmm. as a mule but at that point you need to really have an earnest discussion with the team itself I mean front office coach whatever and then go talk to Luca yeah and you have to be honest because obviously he has multiple years left like three years left but you would have to set like a firm deadline of Okay, Luca, if we're still in a bad place at the all-star game of, let's say, 2024-25, so a season and a half, mm-hmm. you got to trade him. Yeah. I mean, I think you could make the argument where you could trade him, like, soon. And now people are going to kill me for that, but we just saw Kevin Durant trade it with multiple years. Like, you- What's well, it's usually, you usually want to move those guys before the conversation starts. Right? I just like- can't, I can't explain how badly they've messed this up. It yeah. gets like Zach Lowe went in on them a little bit today on the low post. And I'm just like, this has been the case the whole time. Tim Hardaway yeah. was the tax for Chris Stapps Porzingis in 2019. He is a starter. <laughs> yeah. Now it is a long time starter. And, like, right, long- and he's been, he's been good, but it's like, does Tim Hardaway start on any playoff team in the league? He probably starts on the Lakers, but the Lakers are kind of unique. Similar format is, where it's like you got these two guys and you play yeah. and like there's a role for him, but not, you know, okay. I mean, that's fair. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, it's it's weird. Like Maybe. Uh, I do wonder, if you're listening, did, would, would Tim Hardaway start over Austin Reeves? He shouldn't because Reeves plays defense. There's yeah. gifts of Tim Hardaway spinning in a circle because he doesn't know where his man is. <laughs> He might be the de- he might be he tries real hard, but he might have he has negative defensive instincts. Like he's the slider on two K's turned down to zero for him. It's he defends bad. he defends like he spent his entire childhood defending his dad's crossover. Mm. Like he's just like super confused. Where did he go? 
Well, and then what where did everybody was, go? <laughs> kids been doing to these guys because they've been playing small. Like him or Reggie Bullock keeps appearing on NBA.com's box score as a power forward. Mm. And it's like, what? No. Yeah. Like Kevin yeah. Love hit Kevin Love on a against the Heat the other night. Like Tim ended up guarding Kevin Love for most of the game. Kevin Love beheaded him with an elbow purely by accident on a post move because <laughs> Tim just doesn't know where to be on post defense. Amazing. <laughs> and his head is like at that right height. It's at, the, it's at the proper height to be beheaded. All right. Well, Kirk, I, I really appreciate you doing this uh, on short notice. Uh, and again, Pete, it, it, you're not listening, but if you are, I hope your head gets better. And I apologize for giving you a migraine. Um, tell us where to find your stuff, Kirk. Again, congratulations on the Blue Wire move. Congratulations on 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 uh, you're doing more YouTube stuff and, and YouTube short stuff. And, and uh, yeah, tell us where to find all of that good stuff. Well, we still do the writing over at Mavs Money Volvo. My brand, I still do like mostly the managing over there. I write some stuff, but it's garbage. Um, a lot of good work by my team over there. Then, if you're at all interested on Mavs related podcast stuff, Pod Maverick, easy to find on all platforms. Uh, the YouTube stuff is fun. I, I, I recommend it, but it's very emotionally draining. Um, I realized today it's like part of why I'm so tired is like what the guys at other shows do, like writes Ricky Sanchez, like they have a video producer doing stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing all this while running the show and hosting. And I'm just like, that's why I'm toast. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be uh, doing something different because SB Nation um, just wasn't very interested in, in you know, um, building a business. So <laughs> I can't touch that because I have an NDA. So we will talk to you guys tomorrow. <laughs>